Good morning, church family. Welcome to Market of Hope Sunday. I hope all of you or most of you got a chance to peruse the market out on the field this year. And uh, it looked really festive and it looked like people were having a great time. So uh, we're thankful for that. It's a day to celebrate and enjoy. Uh, my name is Jason. I am the outreach director here at LBC. I'm going to stand over here this time. Last service, I was standing in front of Pastor Jeff, and they couldn't see for the signing, so that didn't work out too well. So <laughs> anyway, I had Mike Sampley up here moving back and forth because I was moving around and I wasn't watching him. Anyway, um, if you're online this morning, uh, thank you for, uh, for watching online. and yeah, We welcome you too and wish you could be here with us, and hopefully you'll be able to come back and visit. So uh, if you're new to LBC, this is not our typical Sunday morning, but you're in for a treat because we have a lot of fun on Market of Hope Sundays, right? All right, and then uh, if you are new, uh, I would welcome you to please stop by the welcome kiosk. There's a wooden kiosk if you go out the lobby into the courtyard to the left to get connected with LBC, you get some more information there. You can also scan the QR codes that are on the backs of the pews there. Some of them have fallen off, but uh, you can find one, and then uh, you can, that'll take you to our website where you'll get some more information there as well. Um, let's see, let's see. So each year, we get the privilege of partnering uh, with our national ministry partners to support orphans, widows, and the poorest of the poor. And uh, that's through Market of Hope, and it's such a blessing that we get to do that. And it's funny, this, a couple months ago when we were planning for Market of Hope with all the COVID regulations and everything, I didn't even think that we were going to have anyone get to come and visit, but praise God, we do have most of our national partners here with us today, so we're so thankful and excited for them to be here to share this with us and support them. Um, uh, let's see, sorry, I got to do notes because I'm not a stage guy, so bear with me. Uh, before we bring each of them up to tell a little bit about their ministries, uh, I want to just go over how Market of Hope works for those that aren't familiar with it, because I know most of you are, but there are still some that don't know how it works. So um, most of you received a catalog with a shopping list in the mail, and uh, for those that did not, we do have catalogs in the pew pockets in front of you. We also have more catalogs out at the cashier booths and also in the lobby. So feel free to take one of these, those, whatever works. Those are for you guys to look at and, and use. Um, the, uh, the catalog explains the items and the shopping list is where you go down and write what you would like to purchase for Market of Hope. Um, each country has a list of items that, uh, that are needed to help their ministry with the goal of meeting a tangible need while at the same time sharing the gospel of Christ. So the gospel is the priority, but the tangible need is what opens up the heart of the person receiving that gift. So it's a, it's a combo. Um, some of the needs are something like construction, to build a classroom, uh, audio-video equipment, to reach more people with the gospel. And, and those are the needs to help make disciples of Christ. And you'll see some of the needs in the catalog will say uh, strategic and critical because it's about disciple making. And so that's what some of those uh, needs are for. Um, some of those items are very expensive. We have some items that are $10, you know, e easy for anybody. Some of them, they're thousands of dollars. 
Now, not everybody has, you know, $15,000 that they can give in one shot to buy something like that, right? We get that. Just keep in mind that you can give towards those as well. So if a bunch of people get together and give like a connection class or a life group or something, work together on that, you can do that as well. So don't let the big numbers scare you, all right? Um, so let's see, here's where we come in. First of all, we ask that you would give your normal tithes and offerings to support the ministry of LBC. Uh, Market of Hope is about giving above and beyond the norm. So keep that in mind as you're shopping, please. Second, um, please prayerfully consider how you can help our ministry partners um, with a gift that can affect souls for eternity, because that's what this is all about. Uh, Market of Hope is open after last service. I know most of you probably already have been out there, but if you haven't had a chance, we're still open after service, so please go out. Hopefully there's some tasty treats left. Um, if you haven't had some of the chai tea, that was delicious. That was really good. So uh, well done, all you folks that prepared that food for us. And um, we have cashier booths that are out at the market that will take your shopping list. You can cash with them. Or uh, if you prefer to do it online, we have an online store. There's a QR code on the back of the catalog that you can scan with your phone. That'll take you directly to the store, and you can do your shopping that way. So that is it, I think, for the logistics. So without further ado, I'd like to invite and welcome our own pastor, Jeff Jackson, so that he can get over to his other church ministry and in sign in ASL to give applause. It's both hands in the air. I can't do both hands right now. I've got a microphone in one. So uh, anyway, we welcome Pastor Jeff to tell us about Love Deaf Haiti. He is uh, very involved with the leadership there. Pastor Jeff. Thank you so much. Good morning to all of you this morning. In the country of Haiti, currently we are seeing so many problems happening. Back in July, the president of Haiti was assassinated and then quickly after, we've been having lots of political unrest happen in the country. We've been seeing lots of turmoil. We recently had an earthquake happen, and it was a 7.2 magnitude earthquake that shook the city. Many churches and schools, hospitals, and homes around the city were demolished in that earthquake. And it has affected thousands of people. Thousands are dead. Thousands of people are injured. And it's just an awful time right now in Haiti. But we are still thankful to God because our church and our school grounds, we have a wall surrounding that area and everything inside of it is still stable. Nothing has been destroyed, no cracks in the buildings, and we are truly in shock of how amazing that is and we praise God for that. After the earthquake happened, there was a hurricane that quickly came in in the next few days and caused even more problems. There's a lot of gang violence that has been increasing amongst the area. They've been taking controls of the roads and blocking resources that have been trying to come up, like gas and food and rice that has been trying to come in, and these gangs are taking over these trucks and blocking them. Recently, 17 American missionaries were kidnapped by these gangs last week. And so many events like this have been happening in Haiti. 
But we still have to praise God because the deaf leadership there in Haiti continues to be faithful to God. They continue to have the wisdom and they just take it one day at a time. Last June, we were able to have 12 deaf students graduate from our school. This was the first graduation we were able to have with this school, the first class to graduate there. And those 12 students will continue to stay at the school and help and support the staff. They are now learning life skills at the school. This involves cooking, learning how to sew, welding, and agriculture many different skills that they can learn to help support the staff at the school. And after that earthquake happened, let me go back for a second. The earthquake, before the earthquake happened, our deaf children at the school, we had 40 deaf children and they had went home for the summer. They went home for summer break and they were scattered amongst the city. And that was the first time in two years that we were able to send them back home because of coronavirus, they had to stay last summer at the school. And after the earthquake happened and hit the city, we were unable to locate some of those students. We didn't know if they were safe, what their homes looked like. We started to search them and we were able to find 32 of those 40 students and bring them back to the school to safety and they were able to start school again last week. And so we're in the process of getting school started and going back to normal. They're continuing to learn about God's word and continuing on their education and reading their language, learning how to read and write. They go to school, church services every week, and just continue on with a semi-normal life. It's really amazing how God is just faithful to us and protects and provides for all of our needs to be satisfied. And honestly, personally, I want to thank all of you because through Market of Hope here, that is a huge contributor and huge help to support and to run the school and church in Haiti and keep it going. So I am so thankful to you all so much and may God bless you all. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. You could take off. I know he, <laughs> he's got to run over. He's got a definite, this man is busy all the time. He's running everywhere to prisons and he's got a prison ministry. It's, it's pretty awesome. So uh, we, we appreciate that. So um, one of the guests that uh, could not be here today is Pastor Karen Paul with Baraka Ministries in India. But we do have a video greeting if we'll take a look at the screen that he sent to us. Thank you, LBC, for MOH. Thank you, LBC, for the 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 MOH. Hello, and praise the Lord. And I bring greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to all the saints at LBC. And I would like to extend my heartfelt thanks for the Market of Hope, which has been a blessing over the past many years, and as usual, even the past year and this year, for enabling us to help thousands of families during the time of pandemic and lockdown in India due to the coronavirus. Your help has enabled our children 
in the hostels to get education through the tablets that you're able to buy for us. And the education was not interrupted. I also would like to thank you for the motorcycles, which were a great blessing, not just to the pastors, but to the kingdom of God. And as you know, in spite of all the persecution that we are facing these days, the gospel is still penetrating through these faithful men and women of God. Our heart is crying after building a school for our children, an English medium school. And your help will certainly enable us to build a school, which will be a blessing to the thousands of children in the days to come. Like so, dear brothers and sisters, what more can I say for what you have been doing? What a blessing it is when people receive your gifts. So, as I conclude, may I encourage you, as it is written in Romans chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, He will give eternal life. Yes, and thank you for making thousands of those non-believers part of the kingdom of God and the promise and the hope of eternal life. Thank you, LBC, for MOH. God bless each one of you. Thank you, LBC, for the MOH. Thank you, LBC. Thank you, LBC, for the MOH. I love, I love how they say for the MOH. That's, that's fun. Anyway, uh, Pastor Karen, he oversees uh, over 70 churches. Um, they've got a lot of people, a lot of work, and COVID has really made it difficult. That's why they need this audio-video equipment, because uh, they have to separate their folks, and they, uh, not everybody can see the message when they give the message. So anyway, and the persecution has been uh, incredible over there right now, so please keep them in your prayers. So next up, I would like to introduce my brother Bogdan. Mehedintu, if I pronounce his last name correctly, <laughs> and he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, his, him and his wife Delia's ministry in uh, Romania. Thank you. Good morning. Such a great pleasure for me to be here on behalf of uh, Romanian abandoned children. Two years ago, I was uh, here last time, and uh, the entire world has been hit by the, the COVID pandemic, but the life of the orphans and abandoned children in Romania have been shaken even harder. Um, because of this pandemic, the kids were isolated in their orphanages. Um, they are not receiving God, uh, they are not receiving parents' love. They are not receiving encouragement words from their friends because they are living in these orphanages, they are closed now in these orphanages and they are not able to have any 
physical interaction with anybody outside of their orphanages. Their life is tough anyway. Now it's harder. Children to Love Romania, uh, we had limited access in these orphanages because of the COVID, but we were able to keep uh, contact with them through the phone, the um, uh, text messages, and uh, we try to continue to share the gospel with them, to uh, help them to not lose their faith in, in Jesus. It wasn't an easy period of time. After the quarantine was lifted, we were able to go to visit them, and we saw that they are not the same. Those three months of quarantine affect them so bad. But praise God, after we start working, uh, restart working with them on a daily basis, we saw the progress in their life. That's amazing. Praise God for, uh, for that. During this time, we helped our poor families that are part of our program with some financial aid, with some food supplies, cleaning supplies, medicine supplies. This way, they, uh, they decided to keep their families together, to not abandon their kids. And praise God, we can say that through that help, they, non, non, no family decided to abandon their children. That's amazing. During this summer, we had uh, an amazing time in, in camp with some of the kids from Homes of Hope and uh, from the poor families. It was an amazing time to take these kids out of Bucharest to forget about their poverty or about their uh, loneliness and to teach them about uh, Jesus. The theme, the main theme of this, uh, this camp was life of Joseph, that is very relevant for their lives. At the end of the camp, the, their testimony were amazing to see the kids that they are refilled and they are uh, looking to the future, trusting God even more. That's amazing to see them having hope for the bright future. Uh, currently, we are in the process to purchase the building that we are renting for many years. And uh, hopefully soon we'll close this deal and we'll be able to renovate this building. Um, we want to make this building to be more functional for these kids, to fit the needs of these kids much better. So uh, this is a one big prayer request on, uh, on our list. Um, also, um, Homes of Hope kids, they are amazing kids that they were basically rescued uh, from orf uh, governmental care centers and they are rescued and they are living with us 24-7. It's amazing to see the progress in the life of these kids when they are living in a safe environment where Jesus is uh, the fundamental base of their life. Uh, I'm so happy that many years ago we started this program and uh, we saw the kids that following Jesus, praying to Jesus, reading the Bible on a daily basis. This is amazing. And all this were not possible without your support, care, and love that you provided over the years. 
to the, the support that we got from Market of Hope gave us uh, resources to continue to share the gospel in the life of the orphans and abandoned children. Thank you so much. God bless you. And we love you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Bogdan. I'm actually looking forward to, I got to spend a little time with him uh, Friday over coffee, and this guy has got a heart for kids and a tough job. These kids have been through so much, and I can't imagine how, how it must be being passed from place to place to place to place without stability. So I'm looking forward to coming to Romania soon. I'm, I'm excited about it. So next up, our sister Vina Ragumba from Uganda. So she's been here for a little while. Uh, what was it, last year, year before? Time flies, time flies, year, last year. So uh, she is doing really well now. And um, so the funny thing was, you're probably wondering, where, where's Wilfred? He's not hiding behind the curtains or anything. Uh, Wilfred couldn't come out. Wilfred has the girls, their visas expired. But hers and the boys, uh, Graham and Joshua are here running around they got to come out and their visas were still good so we get half of the family which we're excited about and then uh, after Vena shares we'll see a little video from uh, Pastor Wilfred as well so Vena thank you thanks for coming thank you so much good morning church praise be to the living God amen yes I thank God for today I thank God for allowing me be here today with you lbc church family you guys are so amazing i thank god for you um and i bring greetings from uganda masi child care my home where i come from um, um we thank god that he uses you to bless the lives back home. We thank God for the hope that you guys send home. And we pray that God will richly bless you. Uh, my husband is not here with me like Jason said. Uh, his visas are expired. Um, but he is with us in the spirit. And we're going to hear from him what he has to say. Uh, testifying on the God's goodness back home. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vena. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, before we see the video from Wilford, I just want to let you know, for those that don't know, uh, what happened is Vena got cancer, and while she was here in the States getting treatment, she got stuck here because of COVID restrictions, for, uh, it, what, was it for a full year? It was, yeah, it was for a full year. So uh, she's been through a rough, a rough time with that, and then of course being separated from her family. So we're so thankful that she got to be reunited with them, and her treatments are looking really good right now. So we're praying for her still, and praising God for that. So let's hear from Pastor Wilford. Greetings, LBC family. Uh, this is Pastor Wilfred here in Uganda. I just want to thank you so much for your continued prayers and support uh, to my family and the work we are doing here in Uganda. Uh, because of your gifts, uh, we have reached out to 
hundreds of people sharing them with the love of Christ. Our medical center every month, we see over 600 people that come to our medical center. And most of them have been treated with malaria. Thank you so much for your support. We've been able to share the love of Christ with them. And uh, we've also opened up medical outreaches uh, where we go and invite people in the community who cannot afford medical care and give them free medical care. And uh, through Market of Hope, we have been able to reach out to hundreds of people during those outreaches. So thank you for your prayers and support. Because of COVID, many businesses were affected. People's businesses were greatly affected. We've been able to give out over 500 uh, microloans to women in the slums uh, through our microloans program. And thank you so much for your generosity through Market of Hope. And uh, we're able to start our music school. Uh, right now, we are still in partial lockdown in Uganda. So for the past three months, uh, we had our pianos, guitars, and keyboards. And uh, we have been teaching our kids. We have about 100 kids staying with us here at Mercy. We've used that free time that they have to learn how to play instruments. It's been exciting to see how these kids have grown in these gifts and they are using them to worship the Lord and are now in our home fellowships. It is our kids that are able to play the drums and play the piano and play the guitar. Uh, thank you so much for your support. And we're able to finish our playground at our school and we're able to grade it with your gifts and to plant grass. And our kids are so excited that now they have a wider place where they can go rejoice in and play. May God richly bless you. I will love you so much. Bye. All right. They have, they have been able to bless a lot of people, especially through this time of COVID with medical treatments and everything. So they have an amazing ministry. We appreciate them for that. So last and certainly not least, my brother, Pastor Crispin Juma from Kenya is going to share a little about his ministry, and I know he's going to be ready after Market of Hope is all over for a good long nap, because this man <laughs> flew, flew to Washington for our dear friend Daryl Bowe's memorial service, spoke there last night, and then got held up on flight delays and everything, didn't get back into town until 3.30 this morning. God bless him. Him and Dave Champness, wherever Dave is. There, there's Dave. Yeah, so thank you guys for your commitment and coming out. Pastor Crispin. Greetings from Kenya. Uh, I count myself blessed to be with you again this year for Market of Hope. The trip was so difficult this time around. The devil was determined not to enable me to be here, but through your prayers, I'm here and we bless the Lord. Um, coming here to thank you for the support that you have given the support community uh, through ICM. The support community from 2007 to 2008, uh, 2018 have had perennial conflicts, tribal killings. And as a result of that, we have had many widows and many orphans. Uh, the support that you have been giving the widow acre, the sheep, has been of a great blessing to the support people. 
Many families, uh, especially widows, can get food to eat, something that has been a great encouragement to them. They have been able to take their kids to school because of the support that they have received from LBC. As ICM and ATS, we believe that it is only through the church that people will get true hope. And as a result of that, we train church leaders. If it were not for the church, I think the support community would have been wiped away. But the church, the pastors that have been trained, have been able to encourage people and teach them. These are the pastors from uh, the rural where they are not paid. The scholarship that they receive enables them to get training so that they can go back into their communities to, uh, to teach their churches. Uh, this year, we, the pastors said that they want to do tent making and uh, we trained them on how to do business. So uh, a startup capital will be good for a pastor. If they get that, they'll be able to uh, get money that they can pay fees and even something which will be an upkeep for their families. So as ICM in the support community, we really appreciate the partnership that we have had with LBC. Through that, the communities have known God and they have loved God. Many people have come to the Lord as a result of your support. They have seen the light, they have seen the love of God through the gifts that they get. And I believe that there will be many supports in heaven because of the love that they have seen, uh, the love of Christ they have seen through you. So on behalf of ICM and the support community and Kenyans that are receiving your support, we are very much grateful. May the Lord bless you. Let's continue with this par uh, partnership as we wait for the day of the Lord. Thank you very much, and thank you again. Thank you, Pastor Crispin. I've got to tell you, it was a privilege. We, uh, my first trip to Africa a couple years ago, uh, I got to spend some time getting to know Pastor Crispin with our team, and uh, we had the, the privilege of doing two Market of Hope distributions. We did one in Kenya and then went over the border to Uganda in Bukwo, and did another, and I'm telling you, it is amazing, it's awesome, and it's really cool, like you'll uh, see in a video here in a minute when Kevin speaks about uh, how you see what you're buying is going directly to these folks to help them out, and the gratefulness that these folks have, it's, it's such a blessing, so thank you so much. Can we give them one more very welcome round of applause and appreciate them? We appreciate you guys so much. So after service, we'd love to see you out in the courtyard. Please come say hi to our guests. Um, visit all the booths, get some treats. And uh, we're really looking forward to it for a time of celebration. And on that, we're going to show you a little video that just uh, really captures the heart of Market of Hope. Thank you all so much for coming. We came to the end of the Market of Hope and we had um, 
some dried beans that we were giving out to widows and they were coming forward and taking scarves off their heads and laying them down and we would pour beans into the scarf and they would gather it up and go on their way. And one woman took this very, very tattered scarf from her head and it had a hole about the size of a quarter in it. And as we poured the beans in, when she went to gather it up and pick it up, before she could get it up off the ground and put her hand over the hole, about 20, 25 beans spilled out of this hole. And as she walked on her way with her beans, several women rushed forward and fell on their knees and gathered up these beans and held them like they were diamonds. And I felt God just ask me to recognize just recognize what was going on. When we were in Uganda, we were able to distribute some of the mosquito nets and that was really exciting because when some of the mosquito nets that we were taking away had holes in them, malaria is obviously a pretty big issue. And so being able to give that to them was exciting. The dedication of house number four, um, we actually were there when they were still in the progress of building house number four and they finally finished it towards the end of the trip while we were there. It was cool to see the new house being built and it was being furnished and there is more room. The houses were all overcrowded from the ones that they had. So the kids will now have more room and have beds to stay in. And the house number four is now called um, LBC House. It was heartwarming to know that providing something through Market of Hope really did get to where it was intended that you provide money, but do you really know where it goes? And in this case, you did see that the money that we provided with the for Market of Hope really did have an effect. It really did end up to where it was intended, and it did have a big effect on people's lives. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. That was incredible, wasn't it? I look forward to this every year. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, so much for this opportunity. And, uh, and we're so glad that you could all be a part of it. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. I've got an hour-long sermon to preach right now. No, just kidding. Actually, it's more like 15 or so minutes. So um, it's a shorter sermon than usual. But uh, after getting to hear from all, all these folks, all of our, our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm always inspired and encouraged. And uh, I hope that that inspired and encouraged you as well. I mean, just as uh, uh, last Crispin came up, the last one who came up, maybe you didn't fully understand what he was saying, but the Sabo people in Kenya, uh, because people from our church and other churches brought the gospel to them, uh, shared the gospel with them, many came to Christ, they planted churches, um, and many, many more have come to Christ, and they started a, a training facility uh, to train pastors. And now there are pastors all over what's called Mount Elgon, the place that the Sabo people live. And now they've finally been able to cross the border from Kenya into Uganda to bring it to the Sabo people who live there as well recently. And our church got to play a part of that as well. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, people come into Christ because of these ministries. Um, so we're turning to Matthew chapter 25. 
Uh, if you are using one of the Bibles from the, the seat rack in front of you, it's page 780. So turn to page 780. My name is Andy Middlecoff. I'm one of the pastors here at Laurel Glen Bible Church. If I haven't met you, just to let you know who I am and what I'm doing up here. So um, when I see what, what our, our friends are saying and hear about the needs that they have, it does strike me to think, you know, um, how does God want us to respond to this? You know, if Jesus were among us, which he is, of course, but bodily, how would he respond? What would he want us to do in response as well? And what we're going to look at this morning briefly is a a part of a sermon that he preached in Matthew 25. We're not going to look at the whole of chapter 25, but part of this sermon he preached about his second coming. One key that he says in in this section that we're going to look at is that he wants us to respond in this way, uh, to provide for genuine needs from a generous heart. To provide for people's genuine needs from a generous heart. And we're going to look at that. And we're going to look at uh, two of the reasons he says to do that this morning. Certainly there are many more that scripture tells us of reasons why we ought to give generously to those who have real needs. Uh, This morning we're going to look at two reasons that are specifically in this chapter here, in this sermon that he gives. And at the beginning of of this, this part of the sermon about his second coming, He begins to give us a a bit of uh, the historical setting here. So let's take a look at that, starting in verse 31. So chapter 25, verse 31, Jesus says this. When the Son of Man comes, that's Jesus, that was actually his favorite title for himself, uh, referring to the fact that, in fact, he is God. We can look at that another time. But um, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, speaking of his second coming to the earth, and all the angels with him, wow, that's going to be spectacular, Um, then he will sit on his glorious throne. It's not just any throne, it's a glorious throne. So let's see what happens Um, here at his second coming. It says, before him, verse 32, before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. So all nations, meaning every person from every nation. This is part of what Jesus is going to do when he returns. He's going to gather everybody, including you and me, including everybody across the world before him. Then verse 33, we see a little bit of what's going to happen there. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. So one thing that we find out about the Messiah, the Christ, mean the same thing. Messiah and Christ, same word. Um, the, the, Jesus, when he comes uh, his second time, he will be king. Well, he is now, but he's going to come instead of as a suffering servant at his first coming, he's going to come as king uh, at his second coming. And part of his role as king, and we see this even in Psalm 2 and Psalm 110, that, that part of his role is that he's going to be judge. He's going to be the judge over all mankind. And part of his judgment is to determine who were the sheep and who were the goats, Right? Um, to us in America, it's easy to tell the sheep from the goats. I've been in Africa, I've been in Israel, and the sheep and the goats, to me anyway, look very similar. So it's a little harder over there. But he knows who are the sheep and who are the goats. In the scriptures, the sheep refer to people who have genuinely believed uh, that Jesus is the Christ, their Savior, the way to heaven, the way to God, that he is the way, that through his death and his resurrection, we are made right with him. Those are the sheep. And they are, they are uh, evidenced by the way they live their, their lives, uh, by the way they serve him and trust him, and the way they look out for other people and serve people and meet needs of others. That's, that's what characterizes the sheep in the scriptures. And then on, on the other side, he's going to separate and put the goats on the other side. 
Um, so the goats, according to the Bible, according to what he's teaching here, are people who don't believe in Jesus Christ, who have said, no, I don't need Jesus. I'm going to depend on myself. I'm going to depend on some religion in order to get right with God, in order to be forgiven, in order to have eternal life, or whatever it is they believe. They're not depending on Christ. They're depending on themselves. And then as a result, their lives look that way. And they may do good works, but it's for their own salvation, for their own glory, for their own feeling good about themselves. And so this is how it begins. Um, and let's see what happens here next. Actually, uh, let, let me tell you the point first that I'm going to make here that Jesus makes in this sermon. Um, the first reason that he gives as to why should we give generously to people in genuine need, it's because of this. And, and this point blows me away. Whenever I read it in, in Matthew 25, it's so unique in the scriptures, it's so powerful. He says this, that when we serve people with genuine need, Jesus chooses to see it as if we're serving him directly. Incredible. And you don't believe me? Well, let's look. <laughs> okay, so chapter uh, 25 still, we're now looking at verse 34. So it says, then the king, so remember Jesus is king, he's the king, our king, will say to those on his right, that's the sheep, he says, come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. How many of you would like to hear that on Judgment Day? Oh man, oh man. I, 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 Lord, please let me hear those words on Judgment Day. Those are amazing words, uh, full of hope, right? So then verse 35, he goes on, he says, for I, Jesus is speaking here, he says, I, me, myself, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous, that is the sheep, will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? I mean, think about that for a minute. Uh, the people at the end, it, it may be our generation. We don't know. Jesus didn't tell us when exactly he's coming back. He just said, be ready for it every day. And, and, and by the way, I don't know about you, but the more corruption I see in this world, the happier I am that he's coming soon, right? He's coming soon. We, we don't know when, but whenever it is, I hope it's sooner rather than later uh, because things just keep getting worse on this planet. And he's going to come back and make every wrong right. But so Jesus, after he lived for about 33 years on the earth, and then he died on the cross to forgive all of our sins. Three days later, he literally rose from the dead doing the impossible to prove that he is the Son of God and the Son of Man. But then he lived uh, for 40 more days on the earth to, to, to give evidence that he was actually alive. And then after 40 days, he ascended back to heaven. And since then, he has remained bodily in heaven, though his spirit is everywhere. Um, so how is it these, these sheep... Uh, these righteous people are saying, well, what are you talking about, Jesus? You are up in heaven. We're on the earth. How could we have fed you or clothed you or welcomed you or, or visited you when you were in prison because you've been in heaven on your glorious throne ruling and reigning from heaven? How could we have done this? We'll take a look at the next verse here. It says in, in verse, uh, 30, 40, verse 40, it says, and the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. You did it to me. Let that sink in for just a moment. 
Isn't that amazing? Every time I read Matthew chapter 25 and I read that, I go, wait a minute, what? You know, I think I have uh, uh, this short-term memory loss or something. I don't know what it is, but I always, it's like, oh my goodness. And as I was, you know, preparing for this message and thinking about it, praying about myself, praying for all of us as a part of our church family, that we would remember this, that when someone in need is there and we choose to serve them, to help them in a way to meet that need, Jesus chooses to see it as though we're serving him. We're meeting a need of his. It's incredible. Uh, let, let's, let's talk about this a little bit more and, and, and get a bit more understanding. Now, is, who are the least of these, my brothers? He says, um, however you've helped one of the least of these, my brothers. Who are these people? You know, he talks about these. Who, who are they exactly? Well, first of all, the least of these are, are people with genuine needs, right? Whether they are the poorest of the poor, some of those that in Romania, in Uganda, in Kenya, uh, in Haiti, we've got some of those folks are the poorest of the poor. Some of them aren't, but they have genuine needs. How do we know? And I think what, what Christ is saying here is someone who has a, a genuine need that truly needs help, that can't help himself or herself, that if we go out of our way uh, to meet that need, these are the people who are the least of these. Now, are they, are they people who are trying to you know, take advantage of us and sort of take advantage of the system. People who really could support themselves, but they're choosing not to because they know they can live off of people just uh, giving them things and money. Is, this what, is that what this is talking about? I don't think so. Uh, other places in Scripture, like in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, the Apostle Paul, talking to the Thessalonian people, says this. He says, For even when we were with you, we, gave you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Okay? So there, there are many who don't want to take responsibility for themselves. They'd just be happy if everybody kind of gave them what they wanted, right? That's not what the least of these are. The least of these are people who want to work and might not be able to for one reason or another. Or people who do work and, and still can't survive because of the situation that they're in. And this is certainly the case in, in some of these countries that we're talking about, especially with children, widows that they've been through horrible times. So he calls them the least of these, and then he also calls them brothers, my brothers. And here's a question, who are the brothers of Christ? Us, yes. Other fellow believers in Christ are considered the brothers of Christ. For example, a little bit earlier in the same gospel, the Matthew uh, gospel of Matthew chapter 12, verse 50, Jesus is speaking to people who are saying, hey, come out and see your mother and your brothers. <laughs> And Jesus has an interesting answer. He's, he says, well, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm busy. And he says, uh, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does the will of my Father. Um, obviously, the will of his Father, is, uh, of our Father, is to obey him. Uh, the, the beginning of that is to believe in him. In John chapter 6, he says that here's the will of God, to believe in the one that the Father sent so when we believe, we become a brother or a sister of Christ. Isn't that amazing? Like, in, in one sense, Jesus is our, our brother. And so when we serve a fellow believer in Christ, Jesus says, you're serving me. You're serving me. Um, I appreciate in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, what the Apostle Paul says about this as well. You'll see that up on the screen. Galatians 6.10, he says to the church in Galatia, he says, So then, um, as we have opportunity, 
Let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. He's saying, let's do good to everyone we come into contact with, that, that wherever the need is, but especially let's focus on our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And what happens is when we're loving each other, uh, when you're loving me, I'm loving you, is that then people who don't believe in the Lord, they see, oh, this is, this is genuine. Like they're sacrificing for each other. I don't often see that in my life. I'm interested in the God that they serve, you see. Because that's ultimately, um, all these guys, they, wa- they want to serve their Christian brothers and sisters who are in need, for sure, they do that. But also they want to be a light then uh, to share the gospel with those who don't, who don't believe in Christ yet. And, and in fact, when I was in India, uh, there were literally 200 orphans in the orphanage that Kieran, that you saw up on the screen, Kieran and Lachmi, that they ran this orphanage, uh, 200 orphans, not all of them believed in Christ. You would think they're there, um, they're getting served every day of their lives, that they should automatically just believe in Jesus. No, no, they, they still have to work through it and, and process it, but they're seeing the love of Christ every day in the way that they're being treated and the way they're being cared for. And what an opportunity it is. So that when we give with Market of Hope, it not only blesses our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, it also ultimately points others to Christ who don't know him yet. And I've seen it with my own eyes. So our brothers and sisters in Christ, he's saying, uh, you know, when I try to think about this, like, how does this work, you know? How is it that if, if, if I serve Callie right here, let's say she's in need, that Jesus sees it as me serving him? Well, uh, there's a lot we could talk about here, but, but one is this. The amazing truth that when we finally come to the point where we realize, okay, I have sinned, I have offended God, I have broken his law, and I need his forgiveness, and I want to have a friendship, a relationship with God. Okay, Jesus, I believe that you died for me, that you rose from the dead for me. I want to repent and turn from my sins to live for you now. At the very point we do that, Jesus begins to live within us, right? The Holy Spirit begins to live within us. And also the Bible uses this phrase, it's called in Christ. We become in Christ. And what that means is we become united with Christ to such a degree that when the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. And and in one sense, we ought to, when we see each other and look at each other, we ought to see Christ and think about Christ. Uh, Again, for me, this is, I'm like, I've been a Christian for a number of years, and, and I still struggle with remembering this. It's like, you know, I need to, I don't know, write it on my hand or something, and just, that's right, you know, like, treat people like I would treat Christ if he were in their situation. So um, I don't know about you, but when I think about whenever we give to another person, another believer in Christ and serve them, that it's actually serving Christ, that's motivating to me to want to serve, to want to give, to want to be generous, to want to sacrifice, right? And to want to look for needs, to want to look for real needs. So the first reason he gives us is the, the, the focus of this message, and we're, we're, I'm going to wrap things up by just pointing out one other reason, because it's, and it's kind of just the opposite of the first point. The, the first point that he gives us here is that when we serve and, and give generously to others, other believers, we're serving and giving generously to Christ. Now, the opposite of that is also true, and he points that out, that another motivation or reason that we ought to give and be generous to those with genuine need is because when we withhold from a brother or sister in Christ, we're ultimately withholding from him. And we see that in the next verse. Take a look at verse 41. Verse 41, it says, Then he, that's Jesus, uh, will say to those on his left, that's the goats, those who aren't followers of Christ, he says, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. 
I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. I was naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer and say, Lord, when did we see you um, hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or in prison and did not minister to you? Uh, Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do to one of the least of these, you did not do to me. Uh, And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, the fact is, is that all of us in and of ourselves are unrighteous, and we all deserve separation from God in the place that he calls the lake of fire, uh, hell. By God's amazing love, kindness, compassion, and mercy, Jesus came to suffer and die for us. So if you would say, man, I'm, I'm not sure. I might be one of those who ends up on judgment day having to go to hell. You know, that could change even this morning. If you open your heart to him and say, I need you, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I want to live for you now. And that can be anytime you're ready. And that's what Jesus wants. And he did it for me, which is amazing because I'm a, I'm a scum, I'm a sinner. But Jesus saved me. Um, and here's the thing, when I read this on first blush, I think, oh, he's saying that in order for me to, to be right with God, to be forgiven of my sins, to have eternal life, that I need to do a bunch of good works and serve a bunch of people. And then it, maybe if I've done that enough, that on judgment day, I'll say, okay, okay, I guess I'll let you into heaven. Right? No, no, no. Uh, God is very clear in the Bible. None of us can earn heaven by our good works, by serving others, by giving generously to others. For example, one thing that Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 24, or 524, I love this verse. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he is passed from death to life. Can anyone say amen to that? Man, when we trust and believe in Jesus, he saves us, he rescues us, he gives us eternal life. But here's what, uh, what Matthew chapter 25, what he's trying to say here is, look, when you do believe in me, your life is going to begin to look different. Uh, you're going to be more concerned now with people who, who, who are in need. And you're going to look for opportunities to, to love on them, to serve them, to give to them, to those who are in genuine need. So giving and serving others is, is evidence of genuine faith in Christ, is evidence that Jesus now lives within us. Is that true? That's right. So what a blessing that is. And so as, as we think this morning about Market of Hope, and I love these catalogs, great job this year, the team who put this together, Jason and all you guys, uh, it, it's so encouraging to look through this and see, oh, some of these are as cheap as like $2, you know, and there have been years of my life where I just had no money, so I could only give, you know, just very little. Um, and, and it's exciting for me and my family to look through this. If you haven't done this yet, look through this to see what you and your family want to do. And you feel like right now you can't do it. Well, take it home with you. Uh, pray about it. Think about it. Um, it's not, it doesn't have to be done today, uh, but you can certainly do that uh, today as well. Another neat thing about this is when you go out to the booths, it's not like when you're at the mall and people are like trying to get you to come over and buy their stuff. In the booths, you don't give any money. You don't give any. You just come and you can talk. You can listen. You can uh, hear about their lives. You can get to know the people. And so I encourage you to do that. Get out into um, those booths. Talk to some of the folks who are up here and to the others who uh, are a part of this ministry as well. So through our, our good works, through giving generously, we don't earn God's salvation, we don't earn God's love, but we demonstrate God's love. We demonstrate God's grace through giving and serving, don't we? So let's do that even today and this week and the weeks to come. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And hallowed be the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Father, without your great love, without the love of your son, Jesus, where would we be today? Uh, But you gave him for us. You forgave us our sins and uh, you live within us now. And uh, you you are changing us to care for those in need. And I I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that you would meet the needs of of these different missionaries and pastors and, and folks who are overseas in areas that are in great need. Lord, use us to give, Lord, today. Give us strength. Give us uh, uh, a heart. Lord, and I, and I pray that you would help us to remember when we see people in genuine need, when we see especially believers in need, that when we give to them, when we serve them, when we help them, we're actually serving you, Jesus. Remind us of this truth. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. You are our hope, our joy, our life. And we bless you in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you very much, guys.